Welcome to What's Eric Feeding? Ultramap's bi-weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Ultramap food editor Eric Sandler. This is the Thursday episode where I talk to someone in the food world that I think will be of interest to our listeners. That brings me to this week's guest. He is the chef owner of Elro Pizza and Crudo, a new restaurant on the border of Montrose and Midtown. Terrence Gallivan, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. You know, I always kind of like to start these interviews at the beginning of someone's career. So tell me a little bit about kind of how you got interested in the world of professional cooking. Uh, it's kind of by necessity, actually. Uh, this was cooking for a job after school in, in high school at like a local pub uh, back in Virginia where I grew up. And, um, you know, liked it well enough. Uh, started as a dishwasher, move up into like, you know, flipping burgers, making pizzas, um, you know, making sandwiches and so on. And then been out of restaurants over a couple of years. And then uh, about when I was around 20, 2021, I went to work at like a real kind of scratch kitchen. Um, we were making breads. We were making charcuterie. We were making ice cream. And we were doing all this stuff in-house, making veal stock, you know, things that like that opened my eyes to, um, you know, to the world of cooking that was like that hadn't I hadn't really noticed before and didn't really pay any attention to. So after that, worked for a friend of mine who became, definitely mentored me uh, that first kind of year and a half, two years, and then um, went to culinary school after that up in Vermont, and then um, was in New York City after that. Yeah, I, I mean, I know you you worked for uh, if I remember properly, you worked for both Gordon Ramsay and Marcus Sanderson, right? Yes, well. Uh, Marcus was the was the management. Uh, his company managed one of the restaurants, so he hired me as the chef at one of the places. It wasn't one of his restaurants per se, um, but he uh, he's the one who hired me for for the, my first uh, like exec job. So that was that was cool. Um, it was a really good experience. Kind of a a crucible of sorts. Really small restaurants. Um, kind of difficult, you know, classic like New York, like basement kitchen, satellite kitchen. So you kind of, you know making it work sort of situation. But it, as far as like first, you know, exact roles, that was really good for me because there's a lot of problem solving, a lot of figuring things out, you know, that sort of thing. So it was good. When did you meet Seth Siegel Gardner, your, your former business partner in the Passive Provisions? And, and how did you kind of make your way to Houston? Yeah. So him and I were both at um, Gordon Ramsay's restaurant together. We were on the opening team of uh, Maze, which is um, his, it was his first stateside place. So he w- had, um, place called the London Hotel. I think it's called something else now. Um, but it was a big remodeled hotel in midtown Manhattan. They had a uh, basically a, a um, version of his um, fine dining restaurants in one side and then Maze, which was his more kind of, I would say, casual, but still pretty upscale, small plates place. Um, so we were at the first stateside version of that. And um, yeah, so him and I met there and became, you know, fast friends, kind of had similar outlooks on life in the culinary world and all that stuff. And so, and we were also two of the only like uh, Americans on the management staff. So that was always kind of like <laughs> us against the Brits sort of thing. Um, but no, it was, it was really, uh, that, that was a good place. I mean, a lot of the, um, a lot of the people we met there and a lot of the chefs that were there, I'm still keeping close touch with and have gone on to do some really cool stuff around the world. So that was cool. And then to get to Houston, basically after him and I both left that job, stayed in close touch, um, we just always talked about maybe doing something together at some point um, and didn't know where initially talked about New York. Obviously it's cost prohibitive up there um, in terms of real estate and all 
And, and at the time, um, he was moving back here. I'd only been to Texas, like maybe a handful of days my whole life prior to that. And so we did a pop-up, uh, with Justin Yu back in 2011, I want to say, and, um, was really warmly received. And we kind of looked at each other and said, Hey, maybe this is the spot to, to, to try this thing ourselves. And so kind of promised we'd give it a year and, um, we did and it worked out pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I I remember that that pop up you guys did with Justin Yu, the the Just August project, because it was just such a, it was it was kind of right around the time that I was kind of coming into like, broader knowledge of like cool restaurants and and dining and and up and coming chefs. I, I just you know my memory is that it it like sold out immediately, and that it was just like it was like all anybody was talking about on on Twitter back when Twitter was, was a fun, entertaining way to communicate with people and not, uh, <laughs> not a way to shout about everything wrong with the world. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That was like my first foray. I was like, what is Twitter exactly? But uh, it worked out well for us at the time. Cause that's how we got to kind of spread the word. And so that it was cool for sure. What do you kind of recall from, from the past revisions? Cause I'm, obviously that's where I think most people kind of remember you from. And, and, you know, it was this kind of iconic restaurant in a lot of ways. I mean, it, it, you know, I know, I know there was that article in the Chronicle a few months back that kind of looked at, looked back at 2012 and it was really, you know, you guys, Justin at Oxhart and, and Chris at Underbelly all kind of, kind of planting your flags and, and really like redefining what people thought Houston fine dining was really capable of. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was surreal, honestly, because, you know, I had just moved here my wife had never been to Houston except for like one day. I think I was like, Hey, we're moving from New York. We're pretty well entrenched. And, and I, it was a big decision. It was kind of definitely like a, a lark to go out and like, Hey, we're doing this. We're going to move to a new city and try to open a business. And we don't really know anybody. Obviously Seth was from here. So we had some friends, a lot of friends and family and so on. But in terms of established chefs in the city, we were not. And so, um, but I think the one thing that rings true about Houston is that um, in many ways, but especially in the culinary world is that we're all, it's, it's really closely knit. And that was evident from day one. I mean, I remember going to Catalan and meeting Chris and eating his, his Cachina, you know, whole roasted pigs on Sunday mornings. And it was like, he was like, we we're, you know, I feel like the second I met that guy, which I'm sure a lot of people feel this way is that you're like fast friends with Chris Shepard, like the second you meet him. Um, but even the guys at Revival Market at the time, Ryan Perra and Morgan Weber, those guys were really good to us. They like let us use their space a ton of times, helped us out with sourcing when we were just trying to find our find our legs. And um, obviously Justin, we were we were like you know friends with, and, and I think I think him and Seth had worked together years before. So it was uh, it was a cool time, and everybody was like working on their thing. And so there was like this year where like or like the six month. I remember that summer we first moved there was like it felt like being in college or something like that. We were always like hanging out all the time, talking about these like cool ideas that we had and how we we're going to like, you know, open our restaurants and we're all going to do this like collective thing. And it was cool. It was very um, grassroots. It felt like, and, and so that was, that was fun. And, um, you know, getting, getting to open that place in that building at that time was uh, super special. It was, um, you know, very proud of it still. And I think we did it, did a cool thing for a long time and we were fortunate to do it as long as we did. I wish we were still doing it, but um, you know, that's, that's where the chips fall. And um, yeah, but it was, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, this is, this is, this is the part where I have to like stop from going like full Chris Farley on you, you know, like, uh, like, man, that was such a, but you know, as, as a food writer, like I, 
as a food writer, like I was, I was pretty green when you opened that place. And it was, it was maybe for me, it was like the first, like really important opening that I, I had covered and, and just all the excitement around it. And then, and then going there, right. And getting the, you know, the pizza with the burst tomato and the, and the fresh mozzarella or going to the past for the first time with the, with the fake wall and the carts and the, just the whole, you know, the, the chicharron with the caviar, just, just all of those dishes that kind of stand out. We got to do a lot of stuff. And I think that's for us. It was, I mean, I look back and like, we, we got to do a lot in, in a relatively short amount of time as, as cooks. We got to like, you know, do a lot of different ideas, a lot of different concepts. I think we had a, a really dynamic staff um, that could do a lot of cool stuff. Like, you know, we were really proud of the bread program. We're really proud of like, our pastry departments, our beverage program, all that stuff. And I think it was, it was like definitely like two probably overly ambitious people doing too much at times, but <laughs> yeah, but, 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 you know, getting to scratch that, like that constant itch of like, what about we try this or what about any, like and having the outlet to do it. So that, that was really fun. Right. And, and in some ways I, I don't know that we'll ever see like a restaurant that was quite that ambitious like that size lunch and dinner. It's a good reason for brunch, that. <laughs> you know, two concepts. Like, like I, I don't know. I, I don't know that we'll ever see something quite like that. I think everybody's like, if you're going to do the fine dining thing, it's got to be smaller. If you're going to do the high volume thing, it's, it's maybe dinner only. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, again, like, I don't want to, I don't want to be too like, you know, too fawning or whatever, but you guys, you guys accomplished something really special with that place. And, and I agree with you. It's, it's a shame that it's not still around. Because I don't think we'll ever see anything quite like it again. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. So obviously, I mean, that restaurant closed in 2019. So what have you been doing for the last couple of years while you, before you uh, decided to get ready for El Um, Well, the first onset after we kind of shut down, took a little time off, um, was just kind of like recharging batteries and all that. And then spending some much new time with the family. And then, as I was starting to, you know, kind of spin the wheels as to what's next, um, you know, I did a little bit of consulting and stuff here and there, but I was like, you know, this this building where we're at now, it's a few blocks from where I live. I would drive by it all the time. And Seth and I had actually looked at it uh, at some point during our time at PMP as a possible second uh, venture, but uh, nothing kind of material at that time. And I was just like, well, it's, it's, it's tiny, it's manageable. And at the time I was, very much informed my what i want to do next is very much informed by what pmp wasn't which was small manageable one concept <laughs> smaller menu um and so i was started to do the planning for this pandemic hit so obviously all planning went on ice for a little while and then um by the time we started you know going back into it again um you know, all, all the, the backlog of COVID had kind of like put put the brakes on a lot of things, whether it be the city permitting offices or just contracting and stuff like that. So um, trying to stay busy. I mean, honestly, just enjoy as much time with my kids and my wife and, you know, got to do some fun stuff that it wouldn't normally get to do in terms of like, you know, a little bit of travel and stuff like that. But um, worked on this for a while. I mean, it was like on and off um, way too long. Did not anticipate it being like a two-year project. I thought it was be like a six-month project. Apparently, turning a turning a little house into a restaurant is a lot more arduous than one one might think. But um, in terms of like how that works <laughs> with the run behind the scenes, but um, but yeah, here now. So, well, yeah. So talk about kind of the the concept for the restaurant because I I mean 
I enjoy pizza and I enjoy crudo, but it, it would not have occurred to me that one restaurant would do both of those things at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I just, I just wanted something that was simple. Um, and in terms of like kind of put myself in a little bit of a box, um, culinarily just wanted to do mostly cold food. Um, I mean, Houston, as you know, is very hot all the time, especially now at this time of year. And so something a little more refreshing, a little lighter, um, you know, still have a couple like, you know, snacker things, obviously we're big on carbs and gluten around here. So there's still plenty of that to go around. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it wasn't anything like, um, any sort of like Eureka moment. It was more just like, let's just do some simple food. Um, keep it, keep it fresh, keep it, you know, try to keep it so elegant and hopefully interesting for people. Um, and then I just like making pizza. So pizzas. So. Yeah. I, my memory of you at, at PNP is like standing at that oven, like just moving, moving pizzas around. Yeah. That was the, that was the, that was the expo station, uh, that kept you moving for sure. So talk to me about the pizzas. I mean, it, you know, I've, I've, I've only had the chance to come by once. Where do you, where do you see it kind of stylistically and and kind of how did you you know decide on the the different toppings and constructions and and what you're making? Uh, yeah, I just wanted. I mean, obviously, it's not dissimilar from what we were doing at Provisions in terms of the fact that it's like you know a small kind of limited like this is what we're offering. Um, we don't do a whole lot of like build your own or anything like that because we are a small place. Try to keep it pretty streamlined. Um, but I just want to mess with it, like play around more with the dough and the fermentation and the, and the, the, just the, the dough get kind of get more into that. And so just um, stylistically, I just wanted to be, have, you know, be fit on the lighter side, but still have a good, like a nice crunch to it. Not necessarily like a big chewy pizza, but like, you know, like, but just so they could support any toppings that go on top, but also have that kind of bready crunch at the bottom. So um think we're getting there and it's obviously still like trying to like I mean, there's always there's a lot of variables obviously with any sort of bread or any sort of dough so we're like we're still we're always fine-tuning i feel like and working on it um uh, but pretty happy with the way it's 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 coming out currently and um you know like to do a three-day fermentation so hopefully get a little more flavor in, into the crust and dough um hopefully it's got a nice color for people and it's, it's for the topping it's just things that you know <laughs> boring answer but just want things to taste good together i mean I think like, yeah. like I'm trying to trying to offer a little bit for everybody, I guess, like making sure we've got some vegetarian options. Um, my one of my favorite pieces we're doing right now is the tomato pizza, which is like super simple, which is tomatoes, some Calabrian chilies, garlic and breadcrumbs and Parmesan. And I think it's like it's just like a really kind of lighter, you know, especially in the summer months when it's a million degrees and a little bit lighter, a little, little bit more, you know, it's kind of a crunchier dough. So, yeah. And then talk through some of the crudos. I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of different directions you can go, but. You know, how did you kind of conceive of that part of the menu? Um, yeah, I wanted to, I mean, I think when you, when I think of crudo or crudo restaurant, it's more of like, just like really, really simple, like uh, fish on a plate with some garnishes, obviously some, some acid, some olive oil. And we have a few like that. Um, we're just kind of like, here's the fish and like, it's, it speaks for itself um, as it should. But um, kind of having fun with the idea too, of just raw. Like, I mean, we, we also offer like a beef tartare dish. That's I think is pretty fun. Um you know, we've got, uh, we kind of cold smoke our kampachi. So that's, it has a different like element to it texturally. And obviously the flavor, we cure our salmon for 24 hours, give it a more kind of like a grovlock. So, I mean, it's not technically raw, but obviously has like that kind of like, um, 
that kind of Gravlox texture to it, uh, which I think is nice. And so just trying to play with the idea of the, like just the cold, raw foods, um, you know, obviously most of it being seafood. Um, and I think over time, it's just a good outlet for us to play with different things as we get into different seasons and different things can become more readily available and, and um, you know, just, just to kind of like let it, let it speak for itself as much as possible. Yeah. And I like that you're doing the hoagie. I, I, we, it just seems like we're, we're kind of having a moment with like those kind of East coast style, you know, deli sandwiches that we just, we've just never really had a lot of in Houston. Yeah. I mean like a sandwich junkie. So I have to have like a, I mean, I, I think if you're a pizza place, you got to have a sandwich on the menu. <laughs> it's kind of required, I feel like, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and we just have all these delicious meats. So we're making all of our breads. So why not have the hoagie, you know? Right. Right. I mean, you, you could, if you were so inclined, bring back the provisions meatball sub, just, just as a, a personal favor to me, but I think, uh, I think you'll see some meatballs at some point for sure. <laughs> and then, and then tell me a little bit about your stuff. I mean, I, you know, I've known Patrick Doherty for, a long time, you know, I, I remember, you know, most recently he was at uh, La Column d'Or and I even remember when he was a barista back in the day, but, but yeah, I mean, you, you've put together a good crew. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Very, uh, very lucky. Um, Patrick, I've known Patrick since literally the first days in Houston. I moved here when he was working at Revival Market. Um, he worked for Seth and I at, at uh, the bar. He ran the bar over there for several years. Um so yeah, I'm super happy to have him back in the fold. And then uh, back in the kitchen with me is uh, Sean Barry, who was with us at Provisions, uh, sorry, Pass Provisions for, for a little while as well. He's since worked at uh, Rosie Cannonball and Le Jardinaire, um, a couple of other places since we closed down. So um, familiar face in the back too, which is nice. Um, and then out, and our general manager, Justin Henderson, um, has been great for us. He's, he's, uh, yeah, you got a really extensive background as well. So it's just, we've, we've really put together, I think a good team. I think we all, you know, it's early goings, but I think uh, any opening is um, difficult and arduous, but uh, this one has been made easier by, by those guys, for sure, especially considering all the, the crazy hiccups we had uh, before we opened in terms of fires and whatnot. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, right. Uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to skip that and, and just, uh, I, I was very amused. All the all the cocktails on the cocktail list are named after Bruce Springsteen songs. Yes, I'm a very big fan of the, of the man, and so I had put when I was writing the menu, I had just put them in there as kind of placeholders, as like a, just a funny a funny aside for myself. And then I forgot about it. And then when Patrick was like writing his drink menu, he just kind of kept the names, and I thought that was kind of cool. He kind of built them around the name themselves, so I thought that was really fun. So yeah, so, so certain people have got a kick out of that too. So that's been fun. Yeah, I, I, I wonder, like, I, I've been trying to figure out, like, where the generation gap is, like, because if you're, I mean, if you're my age, which is to say you're in your mid-40s, like, you immediately recognize them, but I, I, I kind of wonder if... Yeah, if, it's definitely the older crowd, it's somebody... Yeah, if you're, like, if you're, like, if you're, like, 35 and under, I feel like maybe it just, it just goes right over your head. There's not a lot of Gen Zers at, that asking about Jungle Land and... and, 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 and. Um, and, and I know you're doing the wine buying. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, I certainly appreciated like how affordable the bottle list is. I don't think you have anything over about a hundred bucks. I mean, it's, it's all pretty reasonable. Yeah. I just wanted, I mean, it's, um, pretty tight list. a lot of it by the glass. Um, and I just wanted to, you know, it's, 
it's just kind of the way that I wanted this restaurant to be, which is to say more casual, just kind of an everyday place. Um, and so I think, you know, for our by the glass selections, most of them are Italian. We've got a few domestic um, selections on there, but I think they all serve a very, very unique purpose, whether they're just delicious by themselves on the patio or just, you know, having a knocking off after work and having a little happy hour glass or, um, you know, they, they all taste good with the food as well. So I think that's, that's the idea. And then in terms of like the price points, yeah, I just want to keep it reasonable. I think we have three or four wines that are over like $80 a bottle and nothing over a hundred. Um, you know, we've got a Amarone, a Barolo and a Barbaresco all under a hundred dollars. And I think that's nice for people, um, hopefully. And, you know, it's not, by no means am I saying that's cheap, but I think uh, given typical restaurant markups, it's, it's a nice thing to offer. So, so I mean, I, you've been open for a few weeks now. I mean, you know, other than some sort of, uh, you know, physical challenges uh, opening weekend, I mean, how's it, how's it going? How does it, Good. how does it feel to be back in a kitchen for the first time in, in four years full time? Uh, I think I mentioned this before, but yeah, it's like, it's weird because it doesn't feel different at all. <laughs> um, I just think when you do something as long as, you, you, you know, as I have in terms of like, just, you know, I've been doing it since I was a teenager. So it's like, this feels like natural. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, I think the weirdest part was when there was people here, like staff here for the first time. I was like, I've been in this building for like a year by myself. And I'm just like, Oh, Hey, there's people here now. This is fun. Like, I don't have to talk to myself anymore. Um, but yeah, it's been great. I mean, we've got um, we've got a good crew. I mean, so far we've been we've been fortunate. No real, uh, nothing really crazy has happened. It's felt very kind of regular, which is which is nice. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't say that it's been easy or anything like that, but it's been few restaurants are easy. So it's it's that and that's and then that and that sort of sense it's felt very normal, which is which is nice. And then, how would you like to see things evolve? I mean, I, I know, like I said, I know you're just open, but. You know, what are your goals for maybe the first six months or or even the first year? Um, yeah, just I mean, I think we just I mean try to get better every day in terms of making sure we're consistent with what we're putting out of the kitchen, making sure this the service is good. Um, we're building a uh, little wine shop uh, next door to us, so that'll kind of add a little second element to this, our little corner here. Um, we'll be able to do some sort of you know more. Hopefully some like wine dinners, maybe some like special events and stuff there, which we'll be able to do that. And timeline's a little gray there, but hopefully in the fall. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward to be able to get people outside on our patio and it's not 90,000 degrees. And um, <laughs> yeah, just put out some tasty food, hopefully. I mean, did that would that kind of scratch your fine dining niche, the, the wine dinners? Or, or do you even That's- still have a fine dining niche? Definitely have a fine dining itch. It's just, um, yeah, I think that, I mean, we, we were, I always enjoy what we did in the past where we'd probably like five or six times a year, we'd, have, we'd host a winemaker and we'd kind of just do a, uh, a very specific pairing to their wines with the food. And it was, it was really fun. And um, I kind of miss that, you know, it's, it's, it's always nice. Like not just like putting out like, Oh, this is our menu. Here's what we pair with this wine. Um, but you know, just being able to actually cook to the winemakers, like to their to their stuff specifically, is always really fun um, and interesting. So, all right, let me let me bring our intern Abby in. It's time for you know, as part of her as part of her internship, she gets to ask one question to the guest of the week. So, Abby, do you have a question for Seth Terrence? 
Yes. Yeah, so first I dined at El Ro last week and had a great meal. It was so much fun. I loved the ambiance and the food. Um, but my question was now hearing more about your background and not being from Houston, have you noticed that living here and cooking here in the past years has changed your cooking style or influenced it at all? Oh, first of all, thanks for coming in. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like anywhere you live or anywhere you, I mean, I've been here for a while now. I've been here, uh, let's see, almost 12 years. So it's like, I just, you know, definitely more used to it and used to the city, used to like, I, I did, but I, like in terms of, yeah, it took me a little while to get out of like East Coast seasonality where, you know, I'm like, oh, it's October where you have butternut squash and apples on the menu. Whereas like, that's not necessarily like, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense here. And I think that's kind of why what's that certainly is sort of an inform why I want to do this restaurant specifically, because I think obviously like there's always fish, there's always, and pizza is like, you know, we can put it in top of the pizza, right? So it's like making it a, a, as a seasonal as possible, but that's not to say we won't change with the seasons. But I think here in Houston, we have like two seasons. We have like hot and like a little less hot. And so um, we're able to kind of cook to what's available, what tastes good when, and, you know, getting used to, I, I've since gotten very much used to that. So I think that Houston's um, not only diners, but also just obviously um, the seasons have certainly informed what, what we're doing here. Well, Terrence, I have to say that that brings me to the end of my questions. Is there anything I haven't asked you about that you want to discuss? Uh, no, I mean, I think um, I'm just excited to be. I mean, it's been really fun the last few weeks, seeing a lot of familiar faces in here and getting to cook for people again. It's been been really fun and exciting. So I'm, I'm excited to keep doing it and hope to see everybody in, every soon. All right. Well, before I let you go, we have to play the lightning round. Five easy questions, five short answers. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. All right. Terrence Gallivan, what is your favorite ingredient? Garlic. What is the first band you ever saw in concert? The Allman Brothers Band. Who is your favorite Houston sports figure, past or present? Ooh, Warman. What is the last TV show you binge-watched? Um, Shorzy. And then finally, what is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive-thru. Uh, number one at McDonald's. <laughs> All right. Give us the website for and the social media for Elro Pizza and Crudo. Yep. So it's uh, elrohtx.com and at elrohtx on Instagram. Chef, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.